Welcome to the Mama Truth Show, where soulful mamas embrace the whole truth of the messiness and magic of motherhood. Check us out at mamatruthshow.com. Here's your host, Amy Ehlers, the Wake Up Call Coach. Happy Mama Truth Monday, mamas. It's Amy Ehlers here, welcoming you to another episode of the Mama Truth Show. And today, I am so delighted because we have a mama that's like literally going to give birth any moment. (laughs) (laughs) She's in early labor. It could happen while we're literally recording the show. You never know. And she's amazing. And we're going to talk about the power of sisterhood. And we just had a little sisterhood experience before we even started recording here. So I'm so excited and delighted, as always, to introduce you to my special guest today. Her name is Gervais, and she is a transformational motherhood coach and the founder of Your Mommy Soul Tribe. With at the company, and the name of her company, I love this, is Shiny happy human, which is shinyhappyhuman.com. She's building a movement that gives permission plus resources to moms who feel lost, overwhelmed, or like they're drowning in shoulds so they can master the season of their lives. And I, I mean, just by saying that, you can absolutely understand why there is so much overlap between what her and I are doing in the world. I, like she just launched... Um, a little while ago, her mommy soul tribe, soul mommy tribe, soul mommy soul tribe. Um, no, this the program's called Master Your Mom Life. Master Your Mom There's Life. There's a lot That's of right. M's and mommies <laughs> and mastery and very confusing. I love it. No, it's good though. Um, I ran a course with my friend Sark um, and the late great Dr. John Waddell called um, Magical Manifestation Method, and we always called it for short. Mm. <laughs> Lovely. So there you go. So welcome, darling. Thanks Thanks to the show. Thank you so much for being here, even though you're in early labor right now. Listen, I'm this is a good distraction. So thank you so much for having a lady in early labor on your show. I love it. Yeah, (laughs) toddler sleeping in the other room. What's that? I said, and not having any hesitations about that. Oh, I could be on your show early labor. I get it. I like it. I love it. So we wanted to talk um, to all of you today about the power of sisterhood and how important it is. And so before we jump there, though, I would love for you to just tell everyone a little bit about you, your story, how you ended up going into this field of really working with moms. Sure. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to try to give the short story, but it is, I do have to go three years back to um, my first pregnancy with my daughter, Aria, and um, that pregnancy... At that time in my life, I was working in corporate America. I was nothing like I am now. It's so, so interesting how much I've changed since becoming a mother. And pregnancy really kicked my butt. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a little bit of prenatal depression, and I started to become more aware through therapy at the time of this perfectionism that I was having, right? Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to be pregnant and still be exactly who I was before I was pregnant and still do <laughs> all the things that I could do when I wasn't pregnant. And this was a theme for me, right? So, yeah. you know, I worked on letting go of some of that and slowing down and, like, not caring as much about keeping up with the Joneses. and. Um, and then I became a mom and it was amazing and my daughter was perfect and um, I had three months of maternity leave and then I went back to work and I kind of just hopped back on that hamster wheel in corporate America and it was a job that was um, not, re- not fulfilling me anymore. It wasn't challenging me anymore and that transition 
um, from being home with my daughter for three months to then being full-blown uh, working nine to five, eight to five and driving 45 minutes and dropping her off at daycare uh, wrecked me. It was wow. really, really challenging. Um, and I kept looking at the other women that I worked with that were moms and saying, I should be able to do this. Like they did it. Why can't I do it? Like right. it's simple. This is what you do, right? You have a baby, you have maternity leave, you go back to work, you drop her off at daycare, blah, 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 blah. And uh, um, this <laughs> set off another uh, episode of depression. Yeah. <laughs> part of, uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, spiraled down and um, started really losing myself. And at the same time that I'm spiraling down with the depression, I'm still holding on to this perfectionism and this, I should be able to manage this. And, um, and I kind of reached this breaking point where one day I was just sitting in my cubicle and I'm crying as usual, because I was always crying at this point in my life, like four or five months postpartum. Mm -hmm. And I realized that the problem at the time was that I felt like I was just sort of living by default you know, I was just doing what was comfortable. Like the job, it wasn't anything special. It was just paying the bills. But I was like, there's a lot of ways I could make money, right? And I was just doing it because I just, I don't know, I didn't put a lot of intention into it. Yeah. And so that started to really bother me. And then I started to think about the far-reaching effects of that for me as a role model to my daughter. And I'm like, so if my life is my example to my child, what am I teaching her? Like, just do, just live your life by default. Even if you're so miserable that you're crying at work every day. Wow. Right. So I kind of was like this lightning moment for me, this lightning bolt moment. And, um, I went home that day and I told my husband, I'm gonna quit my job. And he was like, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> God bless him. If you met him, that is like his worst nightmare. He is like so risk averse. He's such a oh, planner. Really? Like, and he was like, yup. Well, I'll do anything. Like we need to figure something out because you are so unhappy, and it was affecting oh, everything. It was affecting our marriage. It was affecting everything, and that's what you know. What I always teach moms: it's like you are the foundation of your family, and if you are falling apart, everything will crumble. And so, um, when my daughter was six months old, quit my job with zero plan, and just I just knew that I needed some space and like some some time to heal and think and. Uh, the next day I went to a writing workshop because I, I've always loved writing and I needed some creative outlet and I sat next to a life coach and she started telling me what she did. And I was like, what? <laughs> that is a career. Like I, I didn't know anything about the world of personal development. And from that point on, I, I knew like instantly, as soon as I talked to her, it was like, literally I had set this intention, like want to be a role model for my daughter. This is the kind of life I want to leave lead. And the next day I sit next to this woman light bulb goes off and I just dove in, got certified like within two months, um, started a program to get certified within two months, like talked to every person I knew who was a life coach, had a life coach, had been to a program, um, started my business uh, in June. So that was March, April, May, June. Four months later, started Shiny Happy Human. Awesome. I, I wanted to talk about the shiny, the happy, and the human, right? This is my whole thing. I was like, I want to, I feel like nobody's telling the truth, right? Mm. Like, I feel like everybody's kind of sugarcoating this whole thing. And I am a very shiny and happy person, but I feel like I'm experiencing a lot of these like dark human moments. Yes. I can't be the only one, right? And so like, I just, I'm going to talk about it and we're going to see how this goes. And initially it was for, it wasn't just for moms. It was just, you know, coaching and then the mom thing just kept coming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
here I am <laughs> two years wow. later. That's incredible. That's what a huge transformation in such a short period of time. And, and like now knowing that, you know, by the time all of you are watching this, your baby, your second daughter will be born and knowing what a huge, like a different experience you're going to have little baby, like where you're not going to be going back to work where you need to leave her at three months old. Nope. It's like, and that's what people have said, like, are you taking time off after the baby's born? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of out of, out of pocket all of August, but then I'm, I'm probably gonna do a few things, like do a couple calls in September. And they're like, you need to take time. And I'm like, trust me, I know I need to take time. I'm the biggest yeah. advocate, but I love what I do. And yeah. like, this will be like a few hours a month yes, <laughs> versus like 40 hours a week. So it's not, you know what right. I mean? It's, it's, it's not the it's same a totally thing. different thing. So totally different. yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So for you, it sounds like you were aching for that sisterhood and we're looking for it like in all the wrong places, right? You know, like yeah. looking for sisterhood yeah. in all the wrong places, you know, it's like, but it is, it's like you were looking at these women at work and then that, you know, as I call it, the inner comparison queen comes up and is in like comparing you like, where are there all these moms that are working in this office with me and that are fine and I can't get it together. And then we punish ourselves. And, but you knew it sounds like from the beginning that you needed that, that tribe, that sisterhood. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about that and how you specifically define sisterhood. Well, so I think like the first part of that is like, I needed, I didn't see myself reflected in the world around me was the oh, first interesting. thing for me. Like I, you know, I had, I, I had lots of good girlfriends. I still have many of them. Um, but it was like, nobody was experiencing things the way that I was experiencing them or wanting the things that I was wanting. And so I think that's part of sisterhood. I do not think that you have to be exactly the same as everybody that you're friends with. Do not mistake me, but I did think it kind of made me curious. Like there's more out there. I'm not not getting what I need, right? Like yeah. I, I think I can find it. And so for me, sisterhood is just kind of um, this safe container where, you know, I have, you know, girlfriends that I can, I can hang out with these girlfriends and we can have a really good time and have fun and never kind of scratch the surface that much. Yeah. Um, and I think I used to judge that and, and be like, oh, it's not deep enough or whatever. And then right. I realized, no, the, these are like my fun friends. Like I love these girls. They're amazing women, right? They're not where I am in my life and that's okay. Um, but there's another sort of sisterhood, which is like the safe container sisterhood where you get women together and you see yourself reflected in them and they hold up mirrors for you at every, at every turn. And, and they just um, hold that space for you too, to be a mess or not be a mess or just to, to just support you unconditionally on that deep, deep level. Um, they just get it, you know? And that to me is, is like the truest form of sisterhood where people meet you where you're at, um, on a deeper level. Yes. Uh, It's interesting. I was just at my friend, um, Samantha Bennett's event called the big yes, um, over this weekend when we're, when we're taping here and, you know, she was talking about the, the, the word tribe and why she likes to use the word tribe. And Mm -hmm. I think it's so interesting because she's like, you know, when you think of like a tribe and like a, you know, somewhere where like you're a member of a tribe, literally where you live in like a village together and you're a tribe, it's not that you're best friends with everyone in that tribe. Right. It's not that you're 
you know, it's like, there's the person over there that you kind of don't resonate with, but they're still in your tribe. Like you unconditionally love them. They're unconditionally safe with them. There's that person over there that triggers the living daylights out of you. And you're like, but you're in my tribe. Like you're my people, you're my tribe. And then there's the people that are like, you know, your deep profound sisters where you're like, oh my gosh, we like simpatico, we get each other on a profound level. Mm -hmm. And that actually the tribe, like having that sense of sisterhood it's not like, oh, we're in a sorority and, you know, we're all best friends and it's, and it's all surface. It's like really that core soul, deeper connection and that space where you can really be yourself and be unconditionally loved mm-hmm. as yourself. Yeah. yeah. Be yourself, which like, I feel like today, how often are we really ourselves? You know, like in this world, the social media and putting, you know, the pretenses and it's, it's hard to really be yourself and feel like that's safe. It's not something that is natural for us, I think, right. um, for a lot of women, unless you start doing it often enough. Because even the women in my program, I have to explain, like, you can't, like, let's say we're in a Facebook group, a private Facebook group, we're building sister. You yeah. can't like something enough, okay? Like, you can't comment too much and be too, like, supportive. But people tend to, like, oh, I don't want to, like, draw attention to myself. Uh-huh. I don't want to be perceived as, like, cheesy or whatever. And, right. and really, um, that's, that's what we all need, right? right. Like, yeah. Uh, just total support, so... Yeah. Well, and I think so many of the women over the years that I've worked with, and I'm sure you've experienced this yourself and, and, the, and with the women and the moms that you work with, it's like people have sometimes had some really, almost every woman I know has had some time in their life where they were deeply, deeply damaged by another woman or by women or girls, whether it was in your childhood. You know, I always think for me in seventh grade, when I came to school one day and my two best friends wouldn't talk to me, like they had decided not to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I don't understand. Like, and then like the next day they were fine or later that night or whatever, they apologized to me. But it was like a torture chamber for that day. Seventh grade, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh my God, you know, but it's like, so we have those. And I know a lot of women who have profoundly deep wounding with their moms. And yeah. So then they you know, they color all of their relationships with women around that, or they have a big sister that used to beat the living crap out of them, you know, or whatever. It's like, you know, so everyone listening and watching right now, do you have relationships in your life where with women that were damaged? And is that having you hold back from really stepping into that sense of sisterhood and community that we know you're longing for? Totally. Yeah. Do you discover, have that come up a lot in the groups that you run? Um, I think by the time that they get through, so I have my mommy soul tribe Facebook group and we talk a lot very openly. And I think I set up the boundaries very clearly. (laughs) It's like, if you post something that is not helpful or supportive, you will be deleted and I'm done. Right. Like it's kind of like very strict. And so I think if they've been in that mommy soul tribe for a while, they start to really understand like, Oh, I can literally say anything here and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah. I literally can like share any vulnerable moment and I'm going to be um, supported and not judged. And, um, and so then by the time they're actually working with me, I think they've, they've started to accept that that is possible. <laughs> um, not that I don't think all women have that necessarily or yeah. not in my experience. Um, Cause you know, for me, I, I had a very challenging relationship with my mother, honestly. Mm-hmm. And 
I've noticed that it kind of had the opposite effect on me where I sought out what I wanted from my, my mother growing up. I sought it from my sister, from, from women, from friends. Wow. So it's kind of the reverse, you know, but I mean, totally like number one thing when I have done like surveys or ask women like why they want to be involved in the program or something, they're looking for mom friends. They're looking, they're looking for like a community. They want connection. They want to like feel like they can connect with other women in the same stage of life without being judged or feeling weird for being vulnerable. Um, they, they want that. They're, they're not sure that it exists, but if you tell them enough, they're like, okay, I think this chick might have created something and maybe I can find the kind of mom friends, you know, yeah. that I'm looking for. So I do think there is, it's, it's, it's in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they're looking for. It's like, they must not be finding it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think it's like, we want, when we're in this phase of life with children, it's, you know, we, we need that, you know, mm-hmm. with the mom circle, you know, I've been um, jokingly saying, you know, no mom should let another mom do motherhood alone. Like we can't, we can't do it alone. Like when, when we're isolated, even if we have a partner, that's great. It's like, there is just certain things as a mom that we are going through that is unlike any other experience. And I think it really catches people off guard yeah. of the depth of all of the stuff that comes up when we become moms. Yeah. We are not meant to do this alone. Mm-hmm. I, which is what's so different about this pregnancy too. Like mm. being pregnant the second time, it's like day and night <laughs> because of not only my lifestyle, but also the people that I have now in my life that I've been super intentional about creating and not like tons of people, just like a handful, you know, um, that support me as a mom and not as Gervais, this person who you were before you had kids. It's like, no, I need support as this person in this stage, you know, um, it makes a very big difference. (laughs) So, yeah. So what, what are some of the keys that you teach, um, in your tribe, in your programs around how to actually create sisterhood? Because I know that so many people are longing for that and they should definitely check out what you're doing. And I know that there's, you know, usually some sort of keys that help to create that. Yeah. Um, so that's a good question. So I just did this call was it last week or two weeks ago? Time is flying. I know, right? And I like went down this list and I can remember two things stand out for me. One thing, um, and this, I think I got this from my um, mentor, Sarah Davidson, um, but it was never be sad alone, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're going through something, write about it, like ask for help, reach out to me or in the Facebook group or connect with somebody offline. Um, do not be sad alone. And that I think is a great, great rule uh, because number one, it addresses the fact that like, yeah, you can be a great mom and still be sad sometimes. <laughs> it happens. Right. <laughs> like, right. We are human beings with emotions right. and we have right. bad days. Right. Uh, as much as we want to pretend that we don't, we're not human and we're perfect. So never be sad alone. And then it's uh, the number one, I think, principle of everything that I've built thus far is the me too. And that's just how I explain it. Um, you know, if somebody is sharing something super vulnerable or is asking for help or, or um, having a hard human moment uh, and you have experienced it, raise your hand and say me too, whether it's like on the call or in the Facebook group, because 
the power of me too, I think has been the single biggest, um, change agent within my programs. Yeah. These women, <clears throat> again, because of the way that we live today, we're so isolated. No, we don't live in tribes anymore. Right. So we're like in our houses, in our subdivisions, in front of our computers. And so, you know, ha- having that me too is, used to be critical. So if you can do it even online and just support somebody by just being like, oh, I'm going through the same thing. And it's, it's so great. I especially love it on, on live calls, you know, when you have like a group coaching call yeah. and, and somebody's says like, oh, well, whatever, maybe it's something with their husband. I feel resentment towards my husband. And then half the time, I don't even get a chance to answer. Somebody will like unmute the line and be like, I just want to say that I'm going through the same thing. And they're excited to give a me too, because they're also excited to hear a me too, right? It's, it's like this, it happens at the same time. So for me, uh, the me too is like the biggest part of sisterhood that I think really um, can, can change the whole energy around a group of women. Yeah. I love that. I'm in my, um, in Annabella, my older, my oldest daughter's school, um, when another child was talking and they have a me too moment, they do this sign oh. where they like go like this with each other. And so it's so funny because sometimes, like I, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, it's so funny because sometimes when I'm talking with the moms and I'm like, oh my gosh, I blah, 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 blah. And they're like, I feel you. And it's not for drinking. It's for, yeah. like, I feel you like, yes, yes, yes. Me too. Me too. And they do it. They actually do it from their heart when they do it. But oh. it's, like, it's like, oh, I feel you. But, and part of that is because when you're, you know, in third grade or second grade or whatever, you actually just want to interrupt the other kid and start saying, oh yeah, I have a dog too. And his name is blah, blah, blah. And when it's like that child's turn. So part yeah. of like to give them the space, but yeah. to let them know, like, I feel you, I'm hearing you. I get it. Me too all of that stuff, which I, yeah, the power of the Me Too is so incredible. I mean, yeah. I always say for me, when I became a mom, I, I just moved back up to the Bay, the San Francisco Bay area. I'd been living in Los Angeles for 13 years. My husband and I met down there. And when we got pregnant, his, his mom had just passed away. So when we got pregnant, we decided to move back up to the San Francisco Bay area. Cause this is where I'm from and where all my family is. And we ended up in this wonderful birth class and ended up connecting with a lot of the other couples in that class. Mm-hmm. And I was like kind of a stalker. I was like, so does anybody want to meet for dinner before class tomorrow? Cause yeah. I was like, I need friends. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I totally. Tons of Same. family, but I, you know, and I was like, I'm like, Rob, and it's so great. Cause I'm still friends with these, you know, yep. those couples nine years later. And they're always like, thank God, Amy was such a little hungry puppy, <laughs> like jumping around everywhere, like trying to make friends. But then like, a, like almost all the moms from that birth class, then we went to the same mom's group together. Aww. And it was like, I mean, the, the, the joy of a facilitated group, I, I, you know, I always like, I just feel like that group saved me because I thought I was going crazy. I was so scared. I had never felt so much anxiety and fear in my life. And I was like, oh my God, did I blow it? Should I have never been a mom? Like every, you know, everything under the sun, it was like, oh my God. And then when I had Evie, my youngest, I did the same thing. I actually went and joined another mom's group. And I actually went through the tw- a 12 week mom's circle with little tiny babies. And, Aww. you know, half the women were second time moms and half the women were first time moms. And it, you know, I didn't end up that, that particular group didn't end up bonding as deeply as my first one did, but being able to sit for the first, you know, three months of my baby's life and be with other people whose babies were in those similar phases was just 
it, it saved me both times from thinking I was crazy. I'm taking notes over here. I'm like, find a mom group. Okay. Find another mom group. Yeah. Cause I did yeah. the same thing. I had the one mom group when I, when my daughter was born. Yeah. That's really funny what you said. Like I was hungry for, <laughs> for mom friends. Yeah. That's how I met my, one of my closest mom friends lives yeah. in the neighborhood. And I always tell this story. It always actually comes up on podcasts, but I was literally like, we were walking past each other, like with our little families in strollers. Yeah. Yeah. And this was around the time where I was like, I need a cool mom friend who lives in the neighborhood. Yeah. That was like, I'm going to find one. And she was walking past me and I literally like took my husband's stroller and I was like, go this way. Yeah, and I like yeah. go into her and I was like, hi, you have a daughter. I have a daughter. They look about the same age. I'm Gervais. How's yeah. it going? Like, I literally was like, you will be my friend. Yeah. We will be friends. Yeah. And now we're super close friends. But yeah. I could tell at the time she was like, Dang, girl. <laughs> I know, right? Well, and, but it takes that. It is a very vulnerable thing yep. to reach out. It's like dating mm-hmm. again, but it's totally. dating for friends. And it's it's so important though. And that's and that's so why I'm so glad that you're doing what you're doing um, with your new group and with the um, you know, Mo- mommy soul tribe and you know, with the mama truth circle. Like that's what it's about too, is like giving people that context mm-hmm. to reach out to each other. And then the power I really feel of a facilitated experience, like what you're doing in your group coaching program is so important because we go to deeper layers when there's someone in front of the room saying like, so how's your sex life? Yeah. And you're like, like, Oh, uh, like my baby's <laughs> eight weeks old. Like nobody's getting in there. I don't know. Why. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, it's let's like, tell the truth. <laughs> okay, but my, my, I am not okay with this, you know, or whatever it is. But it's like you know, being able to have those deeper conversations because when we go to like a play group, mm-hmm. like you were saying, it's like, oh my gosh, great. Now we're talking about diapering and nap schedules instead of the fact that I'm feeling so sad, like you were yeah. saying, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? What else do you want to, anything else you want to share about sisterhood before we uh, start wrapping up here? It's so funny, like discussing this, like the second time around, I'm just like having this like deja vu, weird out of body experience. Cause I'm like, I'm about to do this again. Like, have I covered all my bases? <laughs> yeah, yes, I think I have. Yeah. Um, no, but I like what, what we just kind of talk, touched on, which is just, I think a lot of people say, or they see sisterhood and they're like, well, she has that, right. but I can't have that. Right. Because maybe they have the mean girl story, you know, yeah. they've had a bad situation or they're just like, they're just sitting there watching and um, feeling sad and alone and jealous and a little envious because they, right. they want it. And I do think it's good that we touched on that, which is go get it. <laughs> like, it's not going to land on your lap anymore because we don't live in villages, right? So you right. really have to say, like, what what is it that I'm desiring that I don't have, and how can I how can I create it in my life? And that's just kind of been the story for every every single change in my life in the past three years. And there have been so many from like, how do I want to be a stay at home mom, or do I want to be a working mom, or do, you know. I want to be a role model. Like how, how many hours a week do I want to work or what kind of people do I want to spend time with? And how do I want to have fun? What does fun look like for me? Like, and, and it's realizing that there's all these different facets of myself. You know, there's like fun gervais who likes to like dance on tables. And then right. there's like, there's, you know, sulfur, sulfur gervais who wants to sit in a circle with women and 
you know, like share stories and there's coach Gervais who gets so fulfilled from, you know, leading my group calls. Like I hang up the phone and I just feel like I could cry because I just, I get so much from being part of these discussions. And so I think it's maybe, maybe a good thing to, to finish with is just this idea that like, it's not just a one size fits all sisterhood, right? Like you don't necessarily just have to like go to one infant massage class and be like, well, this is it. You know, I, (laughs) this is what my life is now. It's, it's, it's being really, um, deliberate about like, what do I want in my life and how can I create it and not putting it all on one group of women necessarily either. Cause you know, for me putting, putting soulful soul, why can't I say this soulful (laughs) um, on my fun friends? It's like, well, you can't change them. Like this is who they've always been for you. Yeah. Let them be your fun friends. Like you don't have to lose that part of yourself. And that is still a form of of sisterhood. Like when I, when I have that container to go and just like let loose and have a really good time. Um, I don't have to let go of that, but what is missing? Okay. Like I need some deep sister. You know, I joined a mastermind last year because I was like, I need entrepreneur friends. I think it's something that's really really lacking in my life. Um, And then I, you know, went on some retreats because I was like, I think I I want these, you know, deep connecting experiences. And, um, and so I did that, but I still have, you know, deep connecting experiences here at home in Charleston, but maybe they're not the same level, right? They're smaller. So it's just, um, not that, not to overwhelm anybody who's listening, who's like, I don't have any friends and now right, I right. have to find like eight circles or right, something, right, right, right. but just, um, keeping that in mind, you know, like I love what is that. It that you need and go find it and don't, don't put all this pressure on it to be the end all be all. Like this is my new tribe. It's like, that could be your tribe for this thing. And then you can still be this person over here and, and just don't ever sell yourself short. Of, of whatever experience you're desiring, you know, never like cap it. I think sometimes we cap it. We're right. like, well, this is enough. I have one friend. I'm, I'm good. Like I shouldn't yeah. complain. It's like, well, do you want somebody to go running with? Go find a running friend too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I think it's the same thing with our partners. It's like yeah. to think that my husband can fulfill every single need that I have is a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for the, re- the marriage to go away. It's like for divorce. Like it's like, yeah. so it's like, Oh, I, like this is where I'm fulfilled with him. And this group of, like you said, I have, I definitely have those different circles too. It's like, okay, if I need like a night out with the girls and cocktails, I'm going to call certain people. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And if I need, like you said, like to be sitting with a candle talking about my yeah. businesses and my intentions for the year and the vision that I have for Mama Truth Circle or whatever it is, it's like, I'm going to bring these people over to my house. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I love that it's really embracing the whole woman that each is. Which I'm really into. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Okay. So I know that you have a free gift for everyone and you can download this. This will be in the show notes as well, but shinyhappyhuman.com forward slash fun. And there's a free guide there. Do you want to talk about the free guide? Sure. Okay. Um, Well, I did already talk about fun a little bit, but something that I thought that I kept hearing from the women that I was working with was like, I want to have fun. It's like this part of self-care because I'm all about self-care. Yeah. Um, But I don't know how. Right. And so it's like, oh, I've lost it. I I don't, I 
I'm a mom. I can't have fun. And I was like, listen, that's yeah. not fun. You're a mom and you can still dance on tables. Cause I yes. so, um, this guide is all about how to dance on tables. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so I started putting together this, just this guide of like all of these different ways that you could have fun. And you know, it obviously it always ends up circling back to some deeper rooted things that are stopping yes. us from having fun. Um, yeah. So I put those in there too, but there's yeah. some coaching prompts, um, some questions to ask yourself, space for brainstorming, ideas, um, just like a little workbook section at the end too. But yeah, it's called, I think it's 16 ways, 19, 16 ways for the beautifully messy mommy to have more fun, write the F now so that you have awesome. no more excuses and you can just start. Awesome. Awesome. So you can grab your copy of that at shinyhappyhuman.com forward slash fun. All right, my dear. So as we wrap up, I'm going to ask you what I ask all of my guests on the show. And that is what is messy and what is magical about motherhood for you these days? Oh, a good question for me right now, Amy. Mm. So what is messy for me is that I, my due date is in three days. Yeah. And so I, <laughs> I don't even know how to like eloquently say this. I guess I am trying to like surrender to this period in between like the now and the later, right? Because I just kind of feel like I'm in, I'm in this holding cell. And so the challenge, of course, is like, just be, just be present, just be with it, be with the discomfort and just, you know, stop trying to future trip or, or bypass this next section, which is your natural, natural birth. And, um, because it's all part of the journey, right? So I think that's, it's feeling a little messy for me. And it's a great, it's an opportunity for me, especially as a coach, because I'm like, there, here's the lesson, like yeah. all women experience this, like, I need to just be in it. So it's just a great um, invitation for me to just feel it just yeah. kind of like, yeah, so I'm impatient. Okay, I'm impatient. <laughs> that's how I feel. I don't have to like spin it into something magical. Like I just feel kind of gross in between. Um, and I, <laughs> and I'm like acknowledging it without the judgment and just trying to work through it every day yeah. and just see how I can just be more present. Um, so that's messy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what's magical is, uh, I just have been honestly, the biggest way that I've been counteracting that messy, gross feeling is with gratitude because I just keep reflecting on where I was this time yeah. three years ago wow. when my daughter, my first daughter was about to be born and how I was like sitting at a desk every day. I had to like go into work, put pants on. First of all, <laughs> like drive there, sit at this desk uncomfortably, like in the worst position, do work. I didn't care about like socialize with people. I didn't want to talk to like all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and now I'm like, you know, we were talking earlier, like last week I launched my program and I was enjoying doing that, you know, so like gratitude for the, what I've created in the past three years and the changes that I've, that I've made happen and, and how I, it, this as messy and icky as it feels sometimes, like this is a million times um, better than what it was three years ago. And, yeah. and I really, I'm grateful for that. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Gratitude rules. <laughs> it works, man. Awesome. 
All right. Well, Gervais, thank you so much for being here on the show in early labor. I'm sending so many blessings for a beautiful, easeful, perfectly paced birth. Thank you so much. So present and surrendered where you get to have fun in the process of a very challenging and crazy sacred experience. I love it. I can't wait to tell you how this goes. (laughs) I know, right? Awesome. So everyone make sure to check out that free ebook at shinyhappyhuman.com forward slash fun. And with that, I will see you all next week for another episode of the Mama Truth Show. In the meantime, keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood. Bye-bye everyone. Thanks for listening, mamas. Did you know that Amy has a new ebook out? It's called Sacred Self-Care for Moms. Seven steps to nurturing yourself so you can be the mom you were born to be. And you can receive your free copy by going to sacredselfcarebook.com. That's sacredselfcarebook.com. And please don't keep the Mama Truth Show a secret. The biggest compliment you can give is to share the Mama Truth Show with your loved ones and write a review on iTunes. Until next time, keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood.